Buckle up for a Radio 191 FM podcast. Welcome to R1 News. I'm Lily, and today we are joined by Dr. Jim Salinger, a leading climate researcher and teacher who has received several awards and other honors for his work. And today we will be discussing the upcoming El Nino weather patterns. Jim, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you, Lily. And you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to hear about some weather patterns. Yes, well, they're going to affect us quite dramatically in the next season. So, yeah. Yes. So, um, basic question to begin with, but what is the difference between the La Nina and the El Nino weather patterns? Right. Well, they're quite opposite in the sense how they affect New Zealand. We start where it originates. It's in the eastern tropical Pacific. In the La Nina, you get uh, below average Oh, excuse me. I'll start that again. In the eastern tropical Pacific, you get a wedge of cold water spreading across the tropics and it causes warm water around New Zealand. When El Nino, you get the opposite occurring. You get this very hot wedge of warm temperatures spreading across the Pacific. And it changes the weather pattern. So New Zealand, we end up having more westerlies and southwesterlies, whereas in La Nina, we get easterlies and more northeasterlies. And, of course, that turns the each pole of it turns the pattern upside down over New Zealand. Yeah, so what regions of New Zealand can we expect to be most affected by these weather changes? Uh in the northeast, so that's Northland down to Gisborne Hawke's Bay. In the southwest, that's us, like um, Westland, Fiordland, South Otago, Western Otago, so the south. So they're the most affected. In terms of El Nino, we would expect to see, and starting about now, above average rainfall with more southwesterlies and westerlies, and temperatures probably average to below average. So, whereas in La Nina, we got the opposite, if you recall, last summer, where it was um, hot and dry in the southern New Zealand. El Nino whips up the westerlies and southwesterlies over New Zealand. So, it's cool and wet in the west and south, and it tends to be dry and above average temperatures in the north and east of the North Island. So quite opposite to what we saw last summer. Yeah. And how can we uh, expect that dryness, the increased dryness, to impact the Northland? And the east of the North Island down to the northeast of the South Island, well, basically they will get very long dry spells particularly as summer comes on because the the instead of southwesterlies, the winds in a La Ni, El Nino summer come from the west. So you'll find that places like Gisborne and Hawke's Bay and the Kaikoura coast, eastern Marlborough will be as dry as a chip, whereas it'll be a bit wet in the southern lakes. Yeah. And uh, obviously this will affect agriculture and horticulture industries quite a lot in New Zealand. What can we expect to see happen to them? Well, um, 
more pastoral agriculture that pastures will dry out, particularly in the north and east of the North Island. In terms of if you're into grape growing, it'll be good for the east of the North Island. In when we go south, it means that there'll be plentiful pasture growth in Southland and Otago, but it'll be cooler than normal, so any arable crops and vineyards might be behind where they were at the same time this year. Right, nice. Um, and the effects of climate change, obviously that will has and will exasperate the changing weather patterns. Um, how is this influenced on El Nino? Well, it doesn't appear to affect... I'll start that again. It, El Nino years in terms of the globe um, above average, so it will push global temperatures. Uh, probably the, the next year will be the warmest ever, not this year, because you get a whole lot of hot water in the equatorial Pacific. As far as New Zealand's concerned, it's a bit mixture because it'll be cooler in the west and south but warmer in the north and east so nothing spectacular here what we will notice though is it'll be very windy particularly if you live in places like wellington you'll get those howling northerlies and at times you'll get things that have been happening this week where we have uh, very high wind speeds over the southern alps and into the plains and you get those very hot, dry nor'westers. Yeah, walking through campus with the wind is a nightmare. <laughs> I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, and how long do we expect that these upcoming wind pat weather patterns will last? Right. Well, this El Nino is scheduled to be a strong one. So what that means is that it's only revving up to be at its maximum be maximum over the summer, so that's December, January, February. That will be the peak of it, and so it will continue for the whole, shall we say, New Zealand growing season. So it'll still be around in March, so there could be some really um, drought-affected spots, particularly in the north and east of the North Island, and maybe central Marlborough to um, the Kaikoura coast. Those would be the areas particularly affected. Yeah, and surely a risk of wildfires, right, as well? Uh, definitely, risk. yes. The fire risk goes up because you've got a lot of vegetation growth from last year, and when it dries out, poof, up it will go. So the danger of uh, wildfires is exacerbated. Yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> thank you so much. It's always good to learn a little bit more about the weather. Um, yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to say regarding, you know, your work and kind of into the future? How can we expect after the shift in weather patterns? What do we think will happen next? Okay. Well, <laughs> global warming continues unless the humans, the countries of the world rapidly decarbonise. So we're looking at hitting one and a half degrees by the 2030s, unfortunately. 
and that will have its own issues. El Nino and La Niña's do continue, they just become more extreme. So when it's dry, because it's hotter, there's more droughts, and when it does rain, down it pours, and we'll probably see a heavy rainfall event this Thursday coming up in the south of the South Island. So basically the extremes are accentuated. Right, yeah. El Nino's and La Nina's will continue. They're the, after global warming, they're the second most important feature of our climate in terms of causing either to be hot and dry or uh, wet and warm. Right. Do we think that their uh, duration will elongate or short? You know, like you said, they're going to continue. Will they be longer, more dangerous, more impactful? Uh, they'll be more impactful, but as far as this current El Nino, which appears to be a strong one, whether it will be a double event, or that means whether it will keep going into 2024 and longer or whether it will change. We'll know that in late autumn. That's If it's going to change, there's usually a signal about April, May. Great. Uh, and as far as kind of getting the word out about these things. Do you think it's important that, I mean, I think some people will be like, well, you're just talking about the weather, but it's it's important to know these things because it informs how we think about climate change. Uh, it is very important because the school and seasonal climate forecasting, which is not that old, it's over two decades old now, but it's getting better all the time. And if you're in the game like you're a, on the land, you're a farmer or a horticulturalist. It is important because it's the whole season that matters, not the day-to-day weather, which goes up and down. Though, of course, if you get an unseasonal frost, that does a lot of damage but or floods. But normally, the seasonal climate is important and allows plans to be made because it's basically the theme for the season. And as I've always said when I'm giving these talks, is that every season has its own character. You just have to pick it. You've chosen the Radio 191 FN podcast, a fine choice indeed. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz and wherever quality podcasts hang out.